This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Danielle Moody, and here we are reading a letter from a listener. And I think that's probably uh, an indicator that we should move on to our last question. Would you mind reading it? Uh, my apologies for, for giving you the longest letter, but... Um, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. You already said you'd do it, so you're stuck. I kind of am, just like this person. The subject reads, stuck in limbo. I'm at a crossroads with my best friend of seven years. This has been getting tense for a while. I thought this was because of her new boyfriend, whom I strongly dislike, but she recently told me that this tension predates their relationship. She says she's been really upset for the past year by my tendency to judge her choices and try to dictate her life. This came as a shock at first, but I think she's right. She hadn't brought up these concerns before. She's a chronic people pleaser. But I realized I did push her to do things and criticized her when she deviated from what I wanted her to do. It was parental and pushy, and I should have known better. I apologized and said I was willing to do the work to better respect her boundaries and repair our friendship. She appreciated the apology, but said she didn't know if she was willing to do the work anymore and wasn't sure if she wanted to stay friends. I agreed to give her space while she sorted things out. I asked her to tell me within one to two weeks uh, of my wedding, oh no, of my wedding day, whether she was going to come out or not. She agreed. It is exactly two weeks from my wedding as I write this, and I still have not heard from her. She promised she would not ghost me, as she has done in the past to avoid conflict with others, but I'm getting anxious. She emphasized she still cared for me and did not want to completely sever ties. It seemed more like she wanted to push pause for an indefinite length of time. I've spoken to my therapist a lot about this, but I feel stuck. I assume she won't be at my wedding and have worked on my feelings around that. My anxiety is mostly around whether or not she will ever reach out to me. Half of me wants to move on uh, move on with my life, and the other half wants to heal and preserve our relationship. What should I do if she doesn't reach out to me anytime soon? Do I accept that as her answer and move on? Can I try to contact her again, or would that be another boundary violation? Danielle, do you want to, do you want to know the best part about this letter? What? I got it in August. Oh no. So it's it's this is way in the past. <gasps> Whatever happened has already happened. So that frees us up totally. I I just saw it recently when I was going through like some of the older messages and I was like, "Oh, I I am sorry that I missed it, but I do still want to answer it." But just so you know, wedding okay. has already happened. Don't worry too much about Damn. that. Um yeah, what what did you think? I I'll tell you, I had a pretty specific like gut reaction of what I think is going on. So I'm curious to know what you think. I mean, I, I I will be honest that I don't think that her friend of seven years wants to be friends with her. Yeah. I think that it anymore. I think that 
this was her way of saying, oh, just give me time because she's a people pleaser and she's afraid of direct conflict and so wanted to create space in that way. Um, And it sounds like ghosting is naturally something that she has done in the past. Um, You know when your friend's wedding is. You know what a week looks like, what two weeks looks like from that date. And frankly, if you weren't going to attend, you know, you should have you should have said something. Right. Yeah. Um, weddings are not free. You know, they're they're expensive um, on, on one hand. And just out of respect, I don't know how one repairs a friendship after not attending a friend of seven years wedding and not saying anything. And so, you know, I, I hope that one, they did respect the the letter writer. I hope that you did respect their boundaries and not reach out because I think that what they are saying without saying, which is unfortunate because, you know, you should be able to articulate your feelings and your needs, is that you had gone too far. And, you know, the question that I really have is, have you apologized in the past? And so this is a pattern behavior of you crossing a boundary and a line, being really apologetic, them then forgiving you, and then the cycle starts again. Because that could be also why they're like, I'm not willing to do the work on their side anymore because apparently we've been doing this work for a long time. Uh, That was exactly my thought. Like, reading this was like, your friend, I think, does not want to be friends anymore and was trying to do a sort of like gradual, I'm not sure, maybe, rather than coming out and saying no because she's afraid of saying no. And I am sorry for that. Like, letter writer, I can really appreciate why your friend had reached a limit and and that she had cause to be um, resentful. But I also am sorry because, you know, it put you in an unnecessarily confusing and painful position. And, you know, as much as I hope you, letter writer, are able to, in your future relationships, um, not offer so much, like, direct mm-hmm. judgment and criticism, I also hope that you're presumably former best friend, learns to do a better job of talking to her friends and loved ones uh, when she's frustrated or when she wants something to change. I don't want to assume that just like you did a bunch of like across the board awful things that are just like beyond the pale so much as like probably a mix of you were kind of overbearing, but she was also uh, avoidant maybe when she didn't have to be and you don't have to take responsibility for her part in this, but, you know, you can only fix the elements of your own behavior that that are, you know, within your control. But yeah, I, I think she was trying to, and she might not have been doing it consciously, but I think she was like, I think some people approach conflict like they do approach like velociraptors in Jurassic Park or T-Rexes, where it's like, (laughs) if you don't see me move, it's not happening. So it's sort of like, yeah, maybe I'll call you next week. And it's just like, you're not going to. You know you're not going to. You just want so badly for this to not be a fight. You will say anything. You know, I'll say that when I have had conflict with friends, it has always been me saying that I need to take space, but genuinely it's because I don't want to respond or have a conversation from a place of anger. And so I think that that it is fine on the friend's side to want to set that space and take that time, but to never follow up, to never loop back is really problematic. And frankly, you know, immature, right? Like conflict is a part of life and conflict resolution 
is a part of life and not and avoiding it doesn't make it go away. And it doesn't teach you how to be better and how to have your needs met in any relationship that you're in if you just avoid, you know, responsi- your own responsibility and how it got to this place. Yeah. Yeah. So my guess is you didn't hear from her before the wedding unless you got in touch. Um, again, I don't know. Maybe you two have already had like a big blow up fight and you're like, we're never going to talk again. This is all in the past. Maybe you just sort of awkwardly left it um, and that's still like an unresolved question. But yeah, I would really say clearly this is a habit that she is like just beginning to come out of. Like it sounds like maybe talking to you and saying this has been bothering me for a long time was maybe one of the first times in her life she has had a conversation that was explicitly not meant to please another person. So I would say like hold two sort of opposing truths in balance as best you can. One of which is it really makes sense that it's painful for you that she was avoidant and didn't come out and tell you what she wanted before the wedding, but also try to be, you know, as, as, as compassionate as possible for she's just getting started. This is a habit of a lifetime. She's not good at this kind of a thing and try to let it go. Like, I don't think she handled it beautifully, but she was no. also in a difficult situation and was, you know, really going against her own grain. So uh, if there's still a part of you that like six months later is, or how many months has it been since August? Three? Three. Mm-hmm. Just three. Um, that's just like, man, that really sticks in my craw. I would just encourage you to acknowledge that you feel frustrated and angry and hurt and then also work on letting it go. Like you're never going to be able to undo it. And um, it wasn't something that I think she set out to do. I don't think she planned, like, I'm going to wait to talk about this right before this letter writer gets married so I can really fuck with her wedding day. No. And I think too, you know, you may not be able to amend this friendship, but you absolutely can amend your behavior moving forward with everyone in your life. Because my feeling would be that if you have been very judgmental with your best friend um, and trying to dictate their life, that that shows up probably in other relationships. And so a way to make amends in this situation would be to really take a deep look at how you are showing up in the other relationships that you have. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. And not that you then let a writer have to go talk to everyone you care about and say, like, I think I might be a monster. Please tell me anything I've ever done that you didn't like so that I can, like, tear myself down to the ground and start over from scratch. But you might want to, you know, judiciously, one at a time, check in with some of your other closer friends and say something like, hey, I recently, like, talked to a friend who said that she felt like I'd been really pushy and overly critical uh, of her for a while. And I think she was right. And so obviously if this just doesn't feel true, like don't worry about it. But like if I've ever made you feel like really pushed or judged or criticized, I hope you'll let me know. And I just want you to know that that's not something that I want to do. So um, if you ever want to talk about it, I'm available. I'm going to try to make sure that I don't like go out of my way to give advice that people haven't asked me for. Because that way you can at least, again, it's not don't ask people like, hey, list everything you don't like about me all in one day. Like, don't don't call an intervention on yourself. <laughs> but um, no. that will go a long way towards making you feel more peaceful and less worried. Like, is everybody else secretly thinking this too? Like, you can actually get more information on that front so that even if some people do come back and say like, oh, yeah, you know, you do sometimes do that about this particular issue. Uh, thank you for asking. I hope you stop. Like, that won't feel great, but man, you'll mm-hmm. be able to address it in the moment. You're going to get friendship points for bringing it up yourself. People love that. I have to say, like, all things being equal, people generally appreciate hearing, hey, I'm worried I might have done something that bothered you. Is that true? If so, I'm going to stop. 
if it is true, people appreciate it. If it's not true, people are like, wow, you're like being really nice and considerate. Thank you. So. Yeah. And I would say too, you know, maybe start to check in and wonder why you feel the need to control and judge so much. Yeah. You know, and it sounds like you're in therapy. So maybe this should be a point uh, that you work on of why does this desire to control come up? And what is what does that actually mean? Right. Because, you know, I mean, I assume that the letter writer cares about this friend. I don't want to just immediately jump to this is purely transactional. But I wonder because there's not a lot in here of like, I really miss her. And so I wonder if part of this is like, I really want to reconnect because I won't feel like I'm a good person until I get her mm. to forgive me and like me again, rather than I particularly miss this exact friendship. Um, and so letter writer, I would just encourage you like you two might just have a sort of like distant fondness for the friendship you did share and a sort of vague general goodwill for each other's future but don't necessarily reconnect as friends and that could still be a good outcome and might frankly be the best possible outcome and you also might not get that last conversation with her that you were hoping for Um, I would say at most if you haven't reached out to her already you could just send a quick message with something like I just I'm not going to try to contact you again just know that like I'm available if you ever do change your mind. Um, and again, I'm really grateful that you told me so that I can work on this in other relationships. And I, you know, wish you the best. That is, I think, a nice way to like leave the door open, but also kind of put a pin in this particular conflict so you can try to move on with your other relationships. 100%. I agree. I really now want to know what happened. I do too. I do too. I really do. Less so than in the second letter. The second letter is the one where I'm like, please give me details. I need them. Uh, but yeah, I think the only other thing that maybe I would encourage you to think about with your therapist is, do you have a history of being friends with chronic people pleasers? Do you have a history of getting close with people who are afraid to say a slightly like unwelcome or inconvenient truth? Um, and if so, is that because you've historically gotten something out of those relationships that you might want to change? Again, I really don't want you to feel like this is a blight and an indicator that you're a bad person. You do this all the time with everyone you know. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I just think it's a good opportunity for some like gentle, curious, neutral reflection. A hundred percent. Reflection is always good. It helps us be better. And that's what we should all be striving to do. Yeah. Yeah. So Good luck with all that. Right back if you get the chance. I would love to hear a little bit more from you. Um, and congratulations on your wedding. I hope it was delightful. Yes. And I hope that your new spouse has a, uh, you know, robust, moderate approach to handling conflict. Be helpful for everybody involved. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with a guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form, or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening.